Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you are listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. And today I have a guest who was on with me years ago in the beginning of time. What I said to him was it was in prehistory. We were on a long time ago, probably not even on Sex and Happiness, but more likely in my previous show, Tantra Cafe. And I think that's how long ago we were on together. And he sent me an email recently and I just went, you need to come on my show. It's been way too long. So let me tell you a little bit about him and then I'll tell you what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Galen Fust, he lectures internationally at uh, universities, grad schools, psychology conferences on psychological dynamics of sexual fantasy. Ooh, I like that. Sexual authenticity and untangling shame, fear, and trauma from sexual desire, all a noble and wonderful cause. He's on the faculty of the Modern Sex Therapy Institute, where he offers uh, CE-approved class for therapists. That's continuing education-approved classes. Topics include kink and sex-positive psychology and sexual integration therapy, a sex-positive alternative to the sex hyphen porn addiction treatment model. Wonderful. Welcome to the show, Galen Fuss. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back for round two, 2.0 yeah. uh, with you, Lori. <laughs> and uh, I can only imagine all the adventures we've had in between then and now. Uh, but yeah. what you spoke into of your introduction, yeah, uh, I think brought us right up to speed. Good. For me, and today, we're, we're, yeah, we're going to talk about sexual integration theory and therapy, this different model from what is the point addiction treatment, et cetera. So we'll talk about that in, in a bit. We'll get to the subject in a little bit. But this is, um, I just want to talk a little bit about our, our the first time we did a show together, you actually talked about kink and how it um connected to healthy sexuality. I mean, that's what I remember. And I remember going, I remember this for my listeners to know about my growth. You know, I remember going like things you were saying, I was like, and I was like, Ooh, this is exciting. I mean, you talking to you opened up my mind to the concepts of kink. And then I was, so I was open to it. When my dear friend and student Om Rupani invited me to to sample kink and then to create a course together, and um, I credit you. I just want to thank you and credit you with opening my mind up to whatever I had as judgments. I had a lot, and like you, just my talk with you opened up the wheels to spin 
Mm. So, so thank you. So you indirectly, yeah, you indirectly had a lot to do with me opening up to possibilities Mm. that I hadn't even considered. Yeah, wonderful. It's just the power of speaking your truth. You know, if I speak my truth, I have no idea what the impact might be, but here's an impact, uh, you know, and it's a wonderful, uh, yeah, it stimulates and inspires others if they can view someone speaking about a subject that's very difficult to speak comfortably about or reasonably about. And and I think that's really what it is. It is a, a reasonable proposition after all our sexuality, certainly, but we treat it like it is uh just a slimy don't lights out look a gaze away from it and and i think we're both on that same uh mission is to illuminate uh those areas and help people see that oh, this is yeah it's quite natural it's quite wonderful and it's quite normal yeah yeah it is and so so thank you i owe you that thanks now let's talk a little bit how did you you know when you were growing up, who were you growing up to be? Like, were you were you growing up to be who you are now? Or did you make a deviation like I did, you know, mm. from like a narrow world of this is what's expected of me. I'm supposed to be a school teacher. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm you know, I'm a sex educator who who would have thought it so. Were you always on this path or did you, did something happen that made you make a turn? Well, uh, something happened that made me accept the truth uh, and, and consequently a turn. But uh, I think in throughout my life, even as a boy, you know, before puberty, in fact, uh, which in my research is not that uncommon for people to have a, a vivid sexuality going on in some way or another uh, before the age of 10 years old or by the age of, 10. Some 40% in my research survey indicated that was true for them. And it wasn't mm. a random survey, but uh, among sex positive people, more population. Uh, but that, I thought that was a significant thing. But that was personal for me was I was these uh, two characters, right? I kept my what I call my sex creature, you might say. And I say that affectionately uh, as a distinct part of my, my, my psyche. And I think it's a part of everyone's psyche in the same way. It's a distinct part of us that has a whole different persona than my everyday uh, persona. It, it looks at people differently. It, you know, and it has a presence and a energy that's totally different than my uh, way we're talking right here. You know, it's, a, it's right. another element that switches on when we're aroused. That's what comes alive is that part of us that is a distinct part for, I think, every one. So for myself, anyway, yeah, I recognize these two parts of me. So in terms of the social persona, uh, I was like the kid in the white hat. You know, I was always the good with the good guys and admired, you know, aspired to that kind of heroic uh, masculine, you know, and, and, and for standing for good, fighting for good, you know, those kinds yeah. of elements were inspiring to me. But in the meantime, I was uh, kinky as fuck as a child, you know, by 10 or 11, I was, you know, starting to, you have quite an imagination of, of what the sexual possibilities were uh, being solo with not having, you know, I, a partner at the time but but yearning for that you know desperately in a way as I got older just that part of me wanted to dance in in a, in a way it was 
like an athlete almost. It was ready to, or a dancer, you know, that really, uh, and I, and I, like I said, it was way more mature than I was uh, psychologically uh, in a way. I didn't have any conscious grasp of that when I was a, a teenager at all. I mostly was in the fear of just hiding that part of myself yeah. out of fear of getting caught, you know, judged, shamed about it. And I knew I would, uh, but I did not feel any shame myself. You know, I really enjoyed and I saw like, wow, this is quite a, a rich t- territory here of pleasure. Uh, so, uh, but my journey basically from there was hiding still aspiring to the, the the positives and the goods and being in service and things that I aspired to, but at the same time, not having a place for my sexuality until in my late forties, finally, uh, a lot of things happened, but one was, I just made the choice to, I'm going to live uh, authentically as a kink oriented man, basically into power exchange energy. So, you know, that was really, the shift that then that was calamitous to do that as well, quite calamitous uh, for me personally and normal and ruinous even. Uh, but I, I made my way through that. And, and because of what I understood about how challenging it can be for someone to own the truth of their sexuality and, and stand in their, and pride in it and speak the truth about what you are, despite what, may come if you get pushed to that point you know you have a right to privacy it's nobody's business but if you get pushed to that point where you can just say no this is what i am you know uh, that's not changing no it's a boundary there and just be powerful in that yes affirming you know your truth uh this led me to be able to be in a position because i went through it of being kind of at the gate so to speak when people came who were also trying to make it across that chasm between what they desired and who they were authentically and how they were hiding you know or holding back from that to uh help them uh, prepare for the journey you know to step into that because it's a very complicated uh thing to do really uh, and not impossible, but it's not easy. Well, it's a little easier Sometimes now. maybe it's very easy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. this was 20, over 20 years ago, I'm talking yes. about it. And it was much more, uh, I mean, I was viewed like a villain you know, I was out, made an outcast in my community because of what was inferred about me being into consensual adult level kink, uh, play basically, yeah. uh, was viewed as right down there with the rapists and molesters and, you know, uh, things like that. So it was uh, a tough fire to go through to, to yeah. get to my uh, authenticity, but uh, I was blessed to get through it. And then I was out, you know, I mean, because before I was, I was hiding, you know, I was yeah. not showing yeah. the world who I was and yeah. I was sneaking. I was not being, you know, in integrity. So, and this is what leads to this idea of sexual integration is exactly what I'm talking about. It's so good. Bringing your sexuality yeah. into integrity with the rest of your life. That is, so, so that's really what you mean by it. Sexual integration means like you are congruent. You, who you are by day is mm-hmm. also who you are by night. It's not, yeah. uh, you're not hiding. You're not in the shadows. You're actually 
for and in favor and standing up for who you are. And I, I mean, I get it because I, I think, I mean, we might have almost been on a show together. You know, my show, my Tantra Cafe was around like 15 years ago. So when I first talked to you, you know, I, that was a part of me that I didn't even acknowledge. And mm -hmm. I remember talking to you and going like, wow. And a little, it, you know, it was a little weird for me. And now it's like, when I said, when your email came across, it was like, I can't wait to talk to you again. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I understand because when I, I also discovered Tantra in my late forties, I discovered Tantra. Mm -hmm. I knew about it in my thirties and probably I knew about it intuitively before but, and I, and it was something that was intuitively, I knew there was something else to sexuality that was a blend of everything. It wasn't just the sex act, but it was, um, uh, there was something more to it. It was deeper. There was a deeper connection to what I didn't know, but it took me until I was 46 to find a teacher so I too had this, I mean, I would say, I'd go to set, have a drink somewhere and I'd be sitting next to somebody at a bar and they'd say, so what do you do? And I go, I teach a kind of yoga. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, I, could, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how to explain. See what, how they respond to that. Right. I didn't know how to explain what I did. There was no, uh, there was no way to explain it. And, um, so I understand, but it feels to me like um, you went through a personal fire. You know, you the gates you're talking about could have been interpreted as the gates of hell in your effort to be authentic, like authentically who you are and authentically not ashamed of what was not seen as normal. Or, yeah. you know, now, now we call it vanilla. Yeah, and I think that was a special case of the times where it was quite severe, but I don't think that's the case for most people. Uh, now, if they're coming out again, most people don't, will never know if you don't let them or want them to know, you know, and some people might get discovered and, and that can, but there's definitely, this is why I just published or just submitted for publication a paper on uh, fetish sexuality as sexual identity or sexual orientation rather. And uh, this is important uh, in the sense of civil rights and human rights of validating, establishing that there is a population in the gene pool of people who are driven uh, by uh, the energies of a power exchange and are seeking out that in a, a negotiated mutual way with a, a partner but of the opposite polarity and that this is uh, normal for this section of gene pool by the APA standards which is you know that's who they are attracted to people of similar ilk and then that's who they also want to form relationships with lifelong relationships and that is for uh, and they want to be engaged in community uh, which is quite evident and prevalent in the kink communities worldwide, you know, so the, they meet all the criteria except for gender is the way it's termed uh, by the APA. Uh, and we're uh, in the paper promoting the idea that that could be expanded 
to include uh, other factors other than just simple gender attraction as what it makes something a sexual orientation. And, and in this case, fetish, what I call fetish sexuality, like homosexuality, it's a distinct uh, phenomenon in the in the gene pool that a certain percentage of people are. And once that's established, then there are rights for housing, uh, child custody, uh, employment, and other areas of discrimination that if it's not shown that, oh, this is a normal for these, the people who are, it's not a deviation, you know, they're not disgusting or deviant people, you know, they are uh, simply who they are and has nothing to do with the legal matters at hand. You know, that's what I'm pushing for, advocating for is to, to bring it beautiful. to that level. That is fantastic. Needed and necessary. Hmm. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, wow. So there's something that I, you know, I'm going to get right into the heart of the matter here. Like you're saying that there's something called sexual authenticity disorder. Oh, first let's define APA. Is that American Psychological Association? Uh, yes. American Psychiatric Association, oh. actually in this regard, the DSM level regard and, and APA is dissimilar. Okay. Uh, what so and then you're there's something called sexual authenticity disorder yeah it's a disorder that i made up because uh, it's not in the dsm of any kind you know but I, I think it fits the symptoms of what i see in my clients uh, that i work with and in reporting you know in the world that you just see so many people i mean i think we're in an epidemic of sexual secrecy you know people leading secret sex lives you know, they are not being honest about who they are and they are operating via the internet, you know, very convenient way uh, to access at least uh, digitally uh, what they might be aroused by or curious about. I mean, it is a great way that people are learning to explore. Wow, there's a breadth of sexuality going on out there that they had no idea about right. previously. Um, and so uh, this is... Uh, Um, I think I lost my train of thought. Right. So there. we were. Well, you were. You were. We were talking about sexual authenticity disorder, mm. and oh, you were yeah. saying that you were saying that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I got yeah, it. So this people, is. Uh, people are hiding, and there's some, and mm. for good reason, but they're finding their arousal on the internet. And uh, coming alive, I mean, it's a place where they're accessing a part of themselves interiorly, psychologically in the external digital world. You know, it's resonating with this inner part of themselves that's coming alive. Now, there's certainly a compulsive element to it or out of control behavior level that someone can get to in the use. But, uh, you know, in another way, they are simply accessing, uh, engaging their sexuality in a way. But the problem, that isn't the problem. Uh, the problem is the secrecy, the hiding, the lying, the cover up, the uh, covering your tracks and this whole psychological terror interiorly. Uh, did I cover my tracks? And, you know, uh, this uh, having to lie again. Where were you? What time? You know, uh, uh, and, and this is a terrible, I think, epidemic that, you know, that you see weekly almost in the newspapers of another clergy or politician or sports, sports figure busted uh, in some illicit uh, Affair that they weren't being honest about. You know, they were uh, operating in this totally secret way, in a very vigorous way, 
in secret. But uh, so this is what a sexual integration is to, uh, so sexual authenticity disorder rather, is the fear of revealing or others discovering the true depth and frequency and, and nature of your sexuality. And this to me more accurately describes what I see going on in the culture than that someone has an addiction, you know, that they are psychologically or physically addicted to sex or porn now. And, and this is like a disease and uh, that they need to be treated uh, in a pathological way for, whereas I look at sex porn addiction, quote unquote, as the symptom of a deeper psychological conflict that the person has often around coming forward, hey, just this is who I am, you know, and I, I didn't want to tell you because I was so afraid of your judgment or ostracization. And uh, this is what I think many people, so I won't say, you know, if sex porn addiction is working for someone, if they find treatment that, and that's working for them, that's fantastic. That's, they're in the right place. But for those who that's not feeling like oh, that's really what I need or what's true for me, uh, this is an alternative. I think it's important to have these alternatives because if there's only one game in town and that's not working for that person, then they're, they're really stuck. You know, they're, they're in a terrible place, you know, if they need help and there's this one avenue isn't helping them. So this is what led to the creation of sexual integration uh, therapy and practice uh, was seeing a need for uh, clients to be able to look at themselves in a different way you know, this is a different model of how someone in the same conditions can lens to look through about what is going on, you know, and yeah. learning, you know, what do they want. And so the want is important because this is where uh, sexual integration theory starts with uh, this idea of sexual authenticity. Not only that, but sexuality as a birthright, you know, is this person's human right to be who they are sexually. And, you know, so you have every right to look at whatever porn you want or have whatever kind of sex you want and it's up to you to regulate it in a way that and this is where i teach and then how do you bring that out into integrity uh with you know the rest of your responsibilities and yeah. agreements and all such things so sexual authenticity disorder is uh you know the the treatment is to become sexually authentic right and i it makes it makes perfect sense to me it's like to me, it, it's congruent. And until somebody is congruent with all of it, they can't really rest. They can't really rest at night. There's always, they're always like that secrecy has to be mm -hmm. like a plague. Uh, so it's a horrible burden for the individual to carry in a, because of the cultural limitations or uh, perspectives that, you know, aren't encouraging of, of much of a deep look about sexuality or uh, that, it gets to be a part of the equation, you know? So, mm -hmm. I mean, the sexuality is birthright means, yeah, you're with a partner. Well, no, you get to say how often, what kind, and, and how much sex you're in for. You know, they can say, oh, I'm not into any of that. Well, then you've got to deal with that. But, you know, I mean, you have the right to present your side of the coin and negotiate with your partner in a fair way about, okay, we're way different. So how is this going to work? You know, there, right. there has to be a yearning to, well, we have to work this out, don't we? Because here it is, you know, and if you love each other, then, you know, you then have you will. to learn to make room for the truth of your partner's sexuality, or you can't be yes. together. You know, it's as yes. simple as that. I imagine that's like a 50-50 crapshoot, you know, like depends on how buried 
It's just my imagining. You know, it depends on how buried their true sexuality yeah. was to begin Some with. people won't, can't do it. You know, they're can't too stuck in this old uh, paradigm, you know, that they, they can't sh shift from. And therefore, then the relationship will just blow up. You know, and that happens, or someone will be so incredibly stifled that they'll turn into nothing. You know, that they have no life yeah. left in them because they yielded this incredible life force that is their right to be. So this idea of birthright, I don't hear enough of that. So people really get, oh, oh, I can say what I want when it isn't just up to my partner to say, well, I'm not into that, and then it's like, oh, okay. You know, that that's right. not okay, a fair Okay, I'll right. go away. Right, I'll you I'll know. take it off the table. No. I, I really understand that. I mean, I've always felt that um, in my workshops, I mean, if, like since forever, I always felt like when people come as singles to a workshop, even if they happen to be part of a couple, but they attend a workshop in Tantra or in Tantra meets BDSM or ISTA or whatever it is that I'm doing, when they come together as a couple, they always have more of a difficult time because there's so much that has been left unsaid and that, you know, they catch each other like looking around, you know, at the other people and that, mm -hmm. and they make up stuff about all that. So I can imagine. Uh, so I have encouraged people often to come to class alone, even if they're part of a couple so that they're free to explore whatever it is that they came for. And mm -hmm. then the other partner come like assuming that there are two, I'm not assuming that either, but so, that the other one or two partners mm -hmm. or however many come and they have a solo experience too before they do a together experience. So at least they've had a chance to like, look, this mm -hmm. is your sexuality. This is who you are as a sacred sexual being. So I hear, I hear what you're saying and I imagine the difficulties depending upon what the kink is or what somebody's tastes are or what their arousal is, what their turn on is. Um, it can be difficult to negotiate, especially if they came into something hiding. I, there's, you know, there's if someone the, was busted, then it's a much yeah, more complicated. Yeah. There's the piece I didn't know about myself until I did. And then there's the piece that, oh, well, I've always known this about myself, but it's been shoveled yeah, okay. way down mm -hmm. and I could never tell you, you know, I can imagine there's like, that's tremendous. Are you, Some I, people I, go to the grave and never show this part uh, of themselves because there's such a fear of revealing oneself. This is the, the extreme fear. That's sexual yeah. authenticity. I meant, didn't put that in. It's an extreme fear. Uh, and it is uh, the, that's what's going on is extreme fear just to say, oh, I like to be spanked or tied up or to tie somebody up. These yeah. uh, things are. Uh, and again, I, I don't know what the pulse is out there. Totally. I think it is much more liberalized uh, at this point. It's not such a shocking thing anymore uh but i know for uh, the the generations uh, you know from the 40s on up i'm still quite busy with uh the struggle to be who they are and uh, they don't even have them come to the place oh i want to be who i am but this is what's interesting you know most of my clients when they come they finally come and they're, they're saying 
I'm really tired of fighting. I'm just worn out. I'm just, you know, and then there are the ones that I got busted. So now they're in that place, but people don't want to be doing this. You know, it's so wearying on their soul uh, to carry this burden uh, constantly on. So, yeah, I think the good news is that doesn't have to be that way. And you can have your sexuality can be a part of your, life and and an enjoyable part of your life along with all the other wonderful things and aspects of who you are as a human being might be uh this is the integrated they can come to the table i have this saying of uh, you know sex has been the bastard of human personality for thousands of years and it's now stepping up to the table you know it, it will speak now at the table it's not going away it's out of the bag and if you don't do something about it in a way that brings it to a mature perspective and a pure mature approach uh, it will run away it is a wild thing so it needs to have a mature responsible uh adult with it you know along right. the way i think right right Amazing. the person it- has to have that element within themselves their own maturity to uh operate their sexuality now i imagine that you have a, a you know a very tremendous practice i i mean how how many I, I, you know, do you have any, even any idea about how many other therapists there are like you? I, I just feel like you're so unique. I mean, I talk to a lot of therapists because I have lots of guests on my show, but you're mm. really unique. Like one, you see this as a, as a freedom and a right and a passion, like so many things. So I imagine that you have this, you know, blossoming big practice. I hope you do. Um, I, I hope, hope so too. <laughs> I hope people find you. Yes. You know, well, this is helping. So this is what, what it's about, but it is, that is my mission. So, you know, uh, I, I go wherever I can and, and speak to these things because I think I'm not hearing this uh, particular spin uh, 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 or theory, say model uh, being developed to look at our sexuality and our relationships and things. But uh, so these are, uh, yeah, I'm on the, you know, I'm on my path and uh, it's yes. starting to just at this moment, it's just been, you know, moving pretty slow and it's starting to blossom a bit more. Beautiful. Now, uh, so um, uh, yeah, it feels good. I'm glad. Now let's talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned uh, in what you wrote to me that there are something like five keys to integrate your sexuality into your everyday life. Like what, like I'm imagining, you know, I imagine keys to things like doing emotional release and my, you know, mine would be doing emotional release, moving in the unknown, uh, speaking your truth. So what are your five keys? I, I have like 10 that I live by. So mm-hmm. what are your five? Yeah, and that's a, the truth is there, it's, this is personal. This is my own experience that I, mm-hmm. these have come to light from just working with people and, and seeing these areas. Uh, and again, they can be taken, made more or taken out, whatever. It's just because yeah. it is personal. You want to find it your own way. But I find a good model uh, to work from that usually helps people to think about it is to start with uh, first, number one, sexual authenticity. 
And this means, you know, as we talk about your birthright to be who you are sexually and uh, what it looks like and how often and all those things, or to be able to have the freedom to explore if you're uncertain or don't want to know yet, you gotta, you have the right to learn and educate right. yourself uh, physically in all matter uh, to really get the sense of that, I believe. Uh, but it's, it is up to the first part of the person, but the first, it is all about you get to be who you are find who that is and claim it and, and celebrate it. It's a gift to yourself and your partners. Good. So the second step is sexual honesty. So now that you know who you are and what you're about, uh, how do you speak honestly about it uh, to those uh, closest to you that you might want to share this with, you know, especially if you've been someone who's been hiding or not uh, being honest, uh, this is, and again, again, to feel your right to be who you are, to say, yeah, this is how, you know, no, any more than, hey, I love to play tennis, you know, uh, this, this shouldn't be any more of a burden to say that, I, that, that, that you play tennis or like tennis, that you get to say, you know, cheerily how, uh, you know, uh, what kind of sex you're into, but also understand, yeah, that can be complicated, you how to say, speak, and, uh, the, the way to open someone else to explore yeah. with you, et cetera. Uh, but the third part is uh, embodiment and empowerment. And, and this is, uh, they're very kind of intertwined, you know, but this is to accomplish this, these ecstatic places of our sexuality. Uh, it's very important to learn to practice being present, embodied, in your breath to, to practice movement to get anything that you can get yourself enlivened your body meaning when you do that you're going to be more present just because right. of this uh activity that your nervous system is undergoing by activating all of this things uh there so there's some new this is a way big topic and you know a lot about this yes. topic yourself and teach about it but this uh getting to presence and embodiment understanding embodiment and also the ability to embody the sexual persona authentically just make through the <clears throat> little thing you know the, the physical restraints that we've done for decades to not let them express when we try they can be a little clumsy or awkward so you can just but to learn to yeah you can say exactly what you want to say you know you can hold do and act when a, in a consensual agreement you can stand, step into these different energies primal uh energies fierce intense energies uh and polarity with a, another in a way that yeah you want to fully embody that whatever that is, because that's where the juice is. That's where the, the exactly. potency uh, is. So, and this is a practice of uh, almost getting out of the way, uh, but because this already has an authentic voice and movement and way it looks and knows what it wants and all such things in my experience anyway. So uh, the fourth one then is uh, sexual shadow. And this is to, uh, if I've been, decades into how I've been hiding or holding back or covering up or not stepping forward to say, to speak up and hold all those things about me for decades, uh, to become, a, be aware, start to examine those. And so you educate yourself about your own little trickster kind of things <laughs> that have been habitual 
uh, that might want to not give up so easily uh, because they have often had authority over uh, someone because of the fact of hiding and, and such. So a good examination of that can be helpful to move away from, understand what you don't want uh, to be doing. And, and I'll be on the lookout for if that wants to slip in, if, you know, that you can, uh, you might have a little chance to stop or shift and do something different uh, at that mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. as a practice that you can do. And then the fifth one is probably the most important is paradox. And this is in the monotheistic cultures, things have uh, been good and evil, black or white, right or wrong kind of concepts uh, that we get stuck in. And, and the human body and human sexuality got put into one of, of the devil of the flesh, you know, of this corrupt nature of the animals do that and we kind of idealize this other state of almost like asexual being and our sexuality always rode at the end of the wagon train or across the tracks, uh, you know, still hung around, but it did not, it wasn't <laughs> let into uh, polite society, uh, right. so to speak. <clears throat> so, but we suffer, most, uh, most of my clients, myself, uh, I think all of this sexual secrecy is, uh, from this inability to see things as a paradox rather than this black or white, right or wrong. In other words, to know that, oh, I can be uh, uh, a dominant erotic sadist, you know, heavily into kink with consensual partners and still be a good parent, a good uh, member of my community in service in the world, uh, devoted in my particular faith maybe, or uh, all the things, you know, that you might, any human being might be doing. We, we have in the past felt, oh, we will be disgraced. We will be ruined. Uh, we will be thrown out. Uh, oh, I'm a slut. I'm a, be disparaged, you know, uh, and open up the opportunity that that someone could take advantage of that in divorces or other kind of scandal driven kind of things and uh, to recognize that you're both you know yeah, I, yeah. Uh, one does not negate the other i can right. still be as sexual as i choose as i want as i am and it has no impact in fact it enhances it enlivens all of me to be able to be honest uh, and truthful about who i am uh, while i'm being honest and truthful i'm trying to my intention is to be honest and truthful in all regards uh, uh, you know, in my life, and it's uh, no perfection in that, but I'm, you know, uh, I'm moving down that path, and I, I've traveled it uh, to where I know it's in, how important it is uh, to do so. I mean, I've enhanced my life greatly, and that of others, by really learning to be honest with myself and to others, you know. Yeah, that's, I, can. I can see that. That's like a key. Living in secrecy hurts. It's stressful. It causes all kinds of inner turmoil that leads to disease, et cetera, et cetera. So living in the truth is definitely a freedom. And I understand what you mean. Like one thing doesn't this, because I like to be tied up doesn't mean that I can't be a this or that or the other, or I have fantasies about this, that doesn't mean anything in terms of what I do in the world or in terms of how I am as a parent, et cetera. All the things that you're saying, I understand that. It's really, you've, um, 
I just, I love the thought that you've given to this. I love the, you know, I, I know it came from a place of pain and, and whatever, like we teach the best what we need to, what we need to learn. And like, so I know that you struggled, you know, I, I, I feel you as you speak about it. And then I, then it's making me think about all these other people that I know and how they struggle with whatever it is. Um, and, um, literally it's, there's, I don't think there's any other way to be as an adult, um, except like really authentic who you are and you can't leave this out. This is such a big part. This is the vital life force and how it gets Mm. expressed. So, and I think that individual work uh, will have a collective effect. You know, uh, the more I can work on myself, the better myself. Uh, and lots of people doing it. Uh, you know, we're we're just going to get along a little better if we're all noticing more about our stuff rather than your stuff. Yes, exactly. All I can say is like, thank you, you know, thank you for, thank you for doing this work. Um, Yeah, thank you for, for what you've, whatever you've paid and now what you're doing, you know, like to, to, to give back and help other people so they can make it a little easier for them. Yeah, totally worth the cost. I watched this. Happy to be here. I watched the show on, uh, you know, I'm watching more television than I ever have in my life. I have had television sitting in my house, you know, inactive, inoperative. I canceled my TV service a long time ago because I didn't watch. But because of COVID, you know, I'm watching things on the computer or what have you. And I watched the show Transparent, which was, I guess, an Amazon um, series about somebody who was trans, a man who then, you know, came out to his wife and she accepted him. They got a divorce, but they were always in each other's lives after that. And I, and it was, it was so much easier when she came out to her wife, you know, like, and said, you know, it isn't just that I like wearing your underpants, but I, this is always who I've been hiding you know, and the family accepted, et cetera. It was a very interesting show. Um, and I just think of so, everybody, you know, so many people that I, that I know who, who live in integrity now with their sexuality. And uh, I don't know of any other time in history that it could have happened except maybe, you know, old Roman times, Greek or Greek or Roman times, or what have you. And then it was only for the privileged, like the only. The only yeah, the jet sets of every age has been rocking their sexuality and pleasure, uh, been out, you know, all the things. Uh, and while the masses were getting, uh, you know, be devout, that's a sin, don't do that. So, yeah, this right. is the first era where humanity has kind of uh, gotten a chance to, like, uh, live a life of pleasure you know explore that pleasure i mean it is you know uh, as much as there's certainly so many things that are important in life to focus on uh, neglecting this isn't going to improve any of those uh, but and by paying attention to it you might have more energy more 
passion uh, coming up uh, to apply to the, these other missions you might have yeah. in life, you know. I, yeah. And I think no matter how, it's just like any other basic survival of food, shelter, clothing, and your sexuality should be right in there. Uh, not something that would be kept in the closet, you know, and, and tucked away because oh, I shouldn't be wanting so much, you know, or something. <laughs> uh, right. It is. Uh, it, the time is now. And, uh, you know, I think this is what we're both cheering for is, yeah, people uh, take the path, you know, and it is a path. It's no, if you step out into this on your own, you, you might, you will eventually find your way, I think. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're really trying to find your way. But uh, that's the problem is uh, over the last 20 years or so, like this wave of Eros that has uh, come over the planet has been like a, a teenager, you know, like reckless, yeah. irresponsible, uneducated, uh, taking risks that had no right to take kind of level or violations that certainly had no, uh, should never have happened. And, and this is... Uh, because we're that energy needs to some maturity to come along with it to really let it run uh, wild. You know, you need to know when to leash and unleash your sex creature, as I exactly. said. You know? Exactly. So good. Well, let's find out how people get in touch with you because someone may be listening today mm. that, um, you know, I have a lot of listeners and I, you know, I've been at, the, at this for a long time. Someone may be listening today who needs to talk to you. What's the best way for them to find you? Well, I encourage anybody uh, in that realm of thought to take the step. Uh, and uh, you can do so by uh, Googling, or I'll start with my website is galenfoos.com. One word is G-A-L-E-N-F-O-U-S.com. Or Google Galen Fus, F-O-U-S. You'll find my social media and all that. But yeah, if you're interested in contacting me, just go to the Galen Fus website and there's how I work with clients and all the other infos there. Beautiful. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Thank you for sending me an email mm -hmm. that made me want to get in touch with you and say, come back on my show. Let's yeah. talk about where we are now. Yeah, I really we... appreciate you. Thank you, Laurie. I'm just, it was great to be here. I'm grateful for your audience and a chance to renew our connection and uh, see what happens next. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we're both rocking it uh, good and, and hard as we can. Yeah, and, uh, as we age also. That's a whole yeah. other topic. So bless yeah. you for that. I mean, yeah, that's amazing, Laurie. Yeah. How much I'm energy like... you're putting out. And you look like you're thriving about it. You know, you're just radiantly uh in your body just you know present like that thank you feels really good i feel better than ever and like you know i'm like i said to you earlier i'm planning to live i'm not planning to die so i'm planning for mm. life and life and life and life and that's that's who i am so all right i want to tell you th I, I thank you so much i thank my audience i thank everybody for joining us today and I uh, I encourage you all to come back next time and I will have another amazing guest. You never know who I'm going to have on this podcast that is going to make a difference in your life or to the life of your loved ones. So tune in, tune in next time. 
I'll be back with somebody amazing. And Galen, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you for the yeah, work. My pleasure. All right. Okay, I'm saying Lori. namaste to everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.